Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. Next, a short play originally commissioned as part of Drama on One's long story short season. Independently minded Muriel Denham is a laissez-faire landlady of a lenient disposition. The mysterious Constantin moves in downstairs. Could this be the season of goodwill for the merry widow and the eligible bachelor? Could romance be on the Christmas cards? This is Scorned by Liz Nugent. There were nurses in the local hospice, the previous tenants, left the flat in a terrible state. I assumed that girls who worked in the caring profession would take care of my property. Oh, but no. Well, there were wild parties every weekend. Men came and went at all hours, and not even the same men. I did not say a word. My tenants are entitled to their privacy. After they left, I had to replace the carpets and the sofa. Red wine stains. I gave them back their deposit, though. Those poor girls were entitled to let their hair down. I'm not inhumane. They were young. I remember what that was like. I thought I'd get a better class of person if I advertised in the paper. I took a shine to one man from the Czech Republic... I think that's what it's called now. Oh, maybe it's just check. Constantin was much older than the other prospective tenants. Had good references. Eleven years with the same firm and a solid enough bank balance. I reckoned it must be harder to get a mortgage than I thought. I didn't pry, though. It's none of my business. He was terribly shy. He asked about broadband. I don't know anything about that, but the tenants before the last ones had it installed and he said he'd have to check the broadband speed on his phone. Apparently it passed the test. (laughs) And I felt proud that my broadband speed, whatever that was, was up to scratch. Most fellas are put off by the landlady living upstairs. But he was keen on the place and he seemed normal. So he signed the lease and paid the deposit and we were both happy. He wasn't a great cook. That much I could tell by the number of pizza boxes delivered. He didn't appear to have a girlfriend or even a boyfriend. Not that I would have minded about that. I'm very modern. Out he went every morning. 8.30am on the dot to the bus stop across the road and home in time for the six o'clock news. I'd hear the washing machine going into its spin cycle every Saturday morning, 11am. Sunday afternoons at 3pm, he went to the supermarket and returned with a small bag of groceries. I don't think he went to mass, but as I say, I'm broad-minded and tolerant of other people's atheism. Thursday nights at 9pm, he put the bin out. It got to the stage where I didn't have to look at my watch anymore. He was punctual with the rent, too. On the first of the month, the envelope would plop onto my doormat containing a cheque for the correct amount and nothing else. I'm 
not one to interfere, but it struck me as a little strange that he had no friends, that he never seemed to come home worse for wear from the pub. Every time I passed the window, there he was, staring intently into a computer screen. <laughs> I know most landladies would be delighted with such a quiet and compliant tenant, but uh, there was something about him that worried me. He was slightly overweight. I never once saw him going out the door with a tennis racket huh, or a tracksuit on, so that was a little concerning. But more so, I worried about how lonely he must be. Three months after he moved in, it was approaching Christmas and I contrived to bump into him after one of his Sunday shopping expeditions. Oh, hello, Constantin. How are you, Constantin? I suppose you'll be going home for Christmas. He blushed. This is my home. I will be here, he informed me. Oh, will your mother not miss you? She is dead, he said, and continued on through the basement door, shutting it behind him. That's a bit rude. Now, I thought that was a bit rude. Even if she was dead, I was only being polite, friendly-like. Still, I felt a little guilty. Maybe his mother's death was recent. I hadn't meant to upset him. I didn't like to think of him down there on Christmas Day with nobody for company, watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on his own. Would he even get a proper dinner? I was sure the pizza delivery places would be closed. I was supposed to go to my niece's for Christmas Day. I went every year, but to be honest, her children running around screaming their heads off, high on Coca-Cola and selection boxes, did my head in. There was no ease or peace about the day at all. I told her, I'm having my Christmas dinner with a gentleman friend this year. At your age, she gawped. Cheek of her. At my age? How dare she? Afterwards, I was furious that I hadn't pulled her up on her ageism. Didn't I have every right to have a gentleman friend? I'm only 62, only slightly past my prime. Oh, my niece thinks she's so right on with her multiracial adopted children and her fair trade washing powder. My intentions towards my tenant were, of course, purely altruistic. Constantin was about 50, so it's not outside the bounds of possibility that he might be attracted to me. Not that I was even thinking that way. Constantin came home from work on the 23rd and hadn't left the flat since. Poor dear. No party drinks or last-minute Christmas shopping. I popped a handwritten invitation card embossed with holly leaves through his letterbox at 8am on Christmas morning. Mrs Muriel Denham requests the pleasure of your company for Christmas lunch at 2pm. I wanted to include my first name because the rent checks were always addressed to Mrs Denham. He should feel relaxed. I put on a little lipstick and my good dress with the inner support. It wasn't the most comfortable, but the lady in Arnott said it gave me definition. 
I wanted to surprise him. I set the table for two with the good table linen and the Waterford crystal. I blew the dust off decorations that hadn't been hung in the seven years since the death of my poor Larry. It struck me that Constantin might be a sober alcoholic. So I bought two bottles of Schlur as well as the wine, just in case. Nobody could accuse me of being inconsiderate. At 1pm, I put out the smoked salmon starters on the table and lit the fire. I turned on the television and poured myself a little glass of Chablis to pass the time. At 2.10pm, I sprinkled some water on the smoked salmon to stop it drying out. At 2.20pm, I dropped some heavy logs on the floor so that he would hear them through his ceiling and realise that he was running late. I tried not to be annoyed. After all, most Irish people are half an hour late for everything and never even apologise. But how come he never missed his bus? He could be punctual for work, but not for me. Was this just rudeness, like when I asked him about his mother? At 2.35, I went down the outside steps to the basement door and knocked sharply. Hello? 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 I waited a few moments, Hello? but there was Constantin? no answer. Hello? I knew he was still you in hear me? because I would have heard the door bang if he'd left. I shouted through the letterbox. Hello? I heard a shuffling as he came to the door. It swung open just in time for me to plaster a smile on my face. Didn't you get my invitation? Yes, he says. But I'd prefer to stay here. I'm fine. He was blushing a deep red. You aren't coming upstairs then? No, thank you, he replied. I hope you enjoy your party. He went to close the door. Happy Christmas, I said, a little desperately. Yes, he said, as if it had been a question, and pushed the door shut. I went back upstairs and ate Christmas lunch on my own. It all tasted of betrayal. I finished the Chablis. Party! What a sarcastic little shit. Porn. That's what he was up to. I'd read an article about men and their computers. Oh, no wonder he was blushing. He was obviously some kind of sex pervert. That's probably why he was on his own. God only knows what kind of filth he was looking at. On January 1st, I gave him his eviction notice in writing. He had a month to find alternative accommodation and when he came whining to my door, I lied that I had a returning emigrant nephew who wanted to take the place. I couldn't bear to look him in the eye. I got all of the bills reassigned into my name and made sure that I cancelled the broadband and the internet. I didn't want to run the risk of getting another pervert. I tried to let the flat out again, but all of the prospective tenants wanted the internet. So I settled on a lady my own age who said she didn't understand the internet. She moved in with her collection of Encyclopedia Britannica. She's been here a month now and she's a pain in the arse. 
asking questions constantly, asking where I'm going and where I've been, commenting on my clothes, etc. Why can't people just mind their own business? That was scorned by Liz Nugent. Marion O'Dwyer was Muriel. Scorned by Liz Nugent was directed by Goretti Slaven. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.